Welcome, everyone, to another special episode of Next Best Theater on the Next Best Picture Podcast. I am your host for this episode, Daniel Mayer, and I am joined by my wonderful, fantastic, beautiful co-hosts, Casey Lee Clark. Hello. Cody Derricks. Hello. Michael Schwartz. Hello, everyone. And Nicole Ackman. Hi, guys. And we are here in March of 2020. Don't worry, we're recording via Skype so that none of us have anything to do with the coronavirus. <laughs> and we are talking about one of Broadway's biggest legends, Mr. Stephen Sondheim, who is celebrating his 90th birthday um, this, depending on when this gets posted, this week, this month. Whenever, that will be in the future from when we're recording this, and you shall listen, hopefully in honor of, on Mr. Sondheim's birthday, um, which is March 22nd. So we wanted to do a little tribute uh, to Sondheim in celebration of his birthday, because let's face it, the man has had maybe more influence on Broadway than any other single composer. Um, He started very, very young as a mentee of Oscar Hammerstein, of, of course, Rodgers and Hammerstein, um, and went on to do work on some of the most loved, revered, successful, critically acclaimed musicals to have ever hit Broadway. Um, granted, his first Saturday night was a little bit inauspicious, but he followed that up with West Side Story, which is widely considered one of the greatest musicals ever written. Um, and But he didn't start composing his own music in addition to lyrics until 1966 with A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, which, of course, became a huge hit, been revived several times, and continued on throughout the 60s, 70s, and 80s, producing masterwork after masterwork, um, basically revolutionizing Broadway, I think, several times over throughout the course of his career. Um, and, you know, he deserves all the praise that he can get, I think. Um, to start, uh, we're, we're going to go down a list of our favorite songs and talk about our favorite Sondheim shows. But for right now, I want to start with going around and just say, uh, what is the nature of your relationship with Stephen Sondheim? And I don't mean in a romantic sense. Um, you know, oh. <laughs> how, how were you introduced to his work? Um, if, if it, any, particular things hold any particular meaning for you um why don't we just start with you casey sure alphabetical um mm-hmm. <clears throat> i probably i guess my first introduction in general was watching west side story back when i was like 10 or 11 years old but i think for me to really get an introduction as to who steven sondheim is and being aware of him as a composer and aware of his work was when I was in a production of Into the Woods my freshman year of high school. I played Cinderella's stepmother. (laughs) Mm. Um, And yeah, I think I just was so, having done a lot of like golden age musicals and a lot of the like Disney fair, a little more like kid-friendly 
not, I don't want to say basic musicals, but something a little simpler and hearing the compositions and score and melodies of something like Into the Woods. It was like the first time I had really heard anything like that. And so I think that that show specifically was very special to me and getting to know him. And then I think not long after that, like the Sweeney Todd movie came out and like, you know, I think that's when I kind of went down the rabbit hole and now here we are. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I imagine that actually most of us have similar stories to that. Interestingly, Um, my, I know my own case, it was definitely my first experience with sometime was West side story, watching the movie and seeing the show when I was, very young. Um, But I don't think I really knew or understood who Sondheim was until I was uh, older than that. (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm actually trying to remember, but probably, I mean, being being you know involved in theater it's sort of the name that you hear a lot is sondheim but when you're a kid like it doesn't really you don't have any context for it you don't and especially most of his musicals are so adult that you don't really have any context and i don't think i really grasped who sondheim was until i was in high school and started like seriously auditioning for things um at my high school at other theaters outside and just heard every pianist and casting director be like don't sing sondheim it's too difficult for the rehearsal pianists to play in auditions (laughs) (laughs) and that was when i sort of like well what 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 do you mean too difficult and that was what i sort of like my the first real like thing that I latched onto about Sondheim is like, he's the difficult composer, (laughs) which is interesting because like he is, but he's also written some of the most lovely, simple songs, you know, in a lot of shows. Mm -hmm. And some of those are his most remembered, interestingly enough. And this is the weird thing. I've only been in one Sondheim show in all of my years of performing, I've only ever done West Side Story in high school. Who were you in West Side Story? Um, so I was Snowboy, who is one of the Jets, who, <laughs> who if you look at like um, programs from any Broadway production, Snowboy is the one who sings lead on G Officer Krupke. But in our production... I, I was a sophomore um, when we did this, and in our production, they had Baby John sing G Officer Krupke. So. Hmm. You got to do a lot of finger snapping, though. <laughs> a lot <laughs> of finger snapping and fun dancing. I had a great time doing that show. That's fun. Yeah. Um, Cody, why don't you tell us something interesting about Sondheim and you? Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I think everybody, you're right. I think we're all going to kind of have the same answer, which is, you know, when you're coming up and you're like, oh, I love musical theater. Let me just create, you know, a little college course myself of research and, you know, listen to as many cast albums as I can. I've usually when you're like, I'd say 12 to 15, unless I'm generalizing. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I also grew up with West Side Story. It was my favorite movie of all time. It still is to this day. But if we're talking like real like Sondheim, Sondheim, the first show that I fell in love with was weirdly A Little Night Music. Uh, it really just oh. captured me. I think something to do with the really music forward score as opposed to something like uh, Follies, perhaps, which is a little bit more like lyrical and heady, mm. which when you're a little bit younger is uh, a little impenetrable. And then ever mm. since then, I kind of just, you know, quickly found myself trying to explore as much of the composer as possible and you know to the point where i'm like oh every single thing this man's ever done is amazing <laughs> and that's kind of been the same opinion i've had for the past 20 years so not much has changed he's good <laughs> that that's it <laughs> sorry, sorry i i was i was distracted um yeah by the magic of sondheim um but yeah i that sounds about right uh, Nicole, right, uh, hang on, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Nicole, before before you share your son time, I'm going to share it. But I just saw you post it. Can you just share with the group the big news so that it's not the you know big story as we're recording this? Yeah, guys, the big story as we're recording is that um, <laughs> there's no way to say this. There's no good way to say it. both. So the best man in America, Tom Hanks, um, and his wife, um, have coronavirus. So what? it's all down. Yeah. Folks. It's all downhill from here. No. Yeah. So, um, they are in Australia. If like that's I, also a factor to just, just want to point that out. <laughs> if I sound sad for the rest of the episode, though, that's, um, that's why. <laughs> well, that is very sad and has nothing to do with what we're talking about here, but, <laughs> oh, our heart goes out to, Tom Hanks, the last good man alive, and his lovely wife, Rita Wilson, who are hashtag couple goals, at least for me. Um, They're going to be quarantine goals soon. Oh. Um, On that dour note, (laughs) let me me ruin our our train of Sondheim thoughts, too. Um, (laughs) So I make no secret of the fact that I'm I'm not a Sondheim person. Um I'm an Andrew Lloyd Webber girl through and through. It's how I came You are to that Boob Lil and Schoenberg bitch. I, I, if I, I recall correctly. Actually, <laughs> that is true. I say I'm literally wearing a Lamis t shirt right now. Um <laughs> but in terms of you know the great divide of musical theater, uh Sondheim versus Andrew Lloyd Webber, uh I fall very much in the Lloyd Webber camp. Which isn't to say that I don't like some of Sondheim's work. It's it's just that I don't universally like his work, and I didn't come to it until uh, later in life. I don't. I, I like to joke that I actually didn't like Sondheim music at all until I heard Frothy sing it, um, and I heard him do a couple of songs at a concert, and suddenly I thought, oh, maybe I like Sondheim. That is um, very on brand for you, Nicole. It really is. It really <laughs> is. But I do think that Sondheim works better with some actors. Uh, than it does others. Um, some some people can carry it off and some people can't. <laughs> That's right. Um, but I will say, I didn't really love a Sondheim show until I saw Assassins, uh, which I had been aware of vaguely, but I saw a production at um, RADA while I was living in London, which is the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts, where my um, best friend Rhiannon attends. And I would see their student production of it, and it absolutely blew me away. I also think that Assassins is a really interesting show to watch now in our current political climate. Mm-hmm. And then also in London, I saw the gender 
flipped version of company and that was the first time that i really fell head over heels for a sometime show um also i feel like it's worth noting that uh if all goes okay with the pandemic of coronavirus uh the next best theater team part of the team is going to be seeing company in april on broadway so everyone please keep your fingers crossed for us that we are able to go I'll be FaceTiming in from Chicago. That's allowed, right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Just, just FaceTime the whole show. Patty yeah. <laughs> No, Patty's Given my the state friend. Of the world right now, we might have to FaceTime the whole weekend. Yeah, true. Oh, Lord. <laughs> we might be watching the show via Skype. Anyway, on to happier thoughts. Yes. Michael, how are you acquainted with Mr. Sondheim? Mr. Sondheim. I think my first encounter with Mr. Sondheim came around 2007, 2008, when the Sweeney Todd movie first opened. And I was just interested in it because it was a musical that was getting awards season Oscar buzz. And I was interested in seeing what all the hype was about. The fact that it was a Stephen Sondheim piece and a show before that didn't really have any uh, resonance with me until I saw it. And then a few years passed. I was still fairly young when the movie came out. And then I would say maybe when I was in middle school, uh, I got into West Side Story as I was following all the Oscar winners. And of course, you know, well-known musicals fell in love with that. And then in the years that followed, I was just, you know, going back and forth between Sweeney Todd, West Side Story, and didn't really make the connection that it was this beloved guy between both of them. It was just two individual pieces of work on their own. But in 2011, the New York Philharmonic did a production of Company that was streamed to movie theaters around the country with Neil Patrick Harris, Stephen Colbert, John Cryer, Christina Hendricks, Patti LuPone, who sang Ladies Who Lunch. And little did did we know back then she would be doing it on Broadway nine years later. But it was just the first time that I thought, oh, wow, this guy, Stephen Sondheim, is like beloved for a reason. And he has this whole catalog of work that I've heard individual songs from over the years, but didn't really know as well as I should have. So seeing Company nine years ago really inspired me to dive into his uh, library from that to Into the Woods, Follies, A Little Night Music, Merrily We Roll, Long Sunday in the Park, Assassins, all those wonderful, wonderful hits. And, you know, of course, the shows themselves are phenomenal, but with Sondheim as the composer and lyricist, it's those songs that are just they are the best of the best become standards on their own, but I find that the best versions of them are from the shows themselves. So yes, legend, the best. We wish him the happy, happy 90th birthday and can't wait to discuss uh, favorites from his entire library. Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but you are listening to a preview of episode 27 of the Next Best Theater podcast celebrating Stephen Sondheim. In order to get the full-length podcast, you will have to head on over to Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you will get this and other exclusive podcast content from nextbestpicture.com. You have been listening to the Next Best Theater podcast, a podcast under the umbrella of the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time.